Man, so we've been in this series. We've been in this series called Revive. Man, it's been a great series. I believe that God is just totally doing some good stuff. The week one, we talked about Nehemiah chapter number four, how Nehemiah began to rebuild the walls um, of Jerusalem, how Jerusalem was burned up, it was tore up, it was defeated, and Nehemiah was charged by God to go and rebuild Jerusalem. And he began to build in, in, in the face of adversity. He built in the face of critics. He, build, he was building in the face of haters. They would say things to him like, you know, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they rebuild this wall in a day? Even if a fox runs up on it, uh, it will fall and surely crumble. And so, man, Nehemiah built, and we talked about it in week number one, if you're going to build anything, you have to be ready for criticism. If you're not ready for criticism, you're not prepared to build. And, and we talked about building in the face of adversity. And then we began to talk about um, uh, re revive our faith. And we talked about how God can, even though our faith seems low and our faith seems down in the dump, that, that God can revive our faith and cause us to overcome. And, and, and this, this series is, is uh, I don't know how long it's going to go. I have my, my plan. I have my text. But I don't know how far we're going to go in with, with, with this series. But I do know this, that this week is a good week to be at church. Uh, I remember several um, years ago, I was in the sixth grade. I remember like it was yesterday. I was in the sixth grade. And... Um, I told you, I kind of gave away my, my secret. I would, if I would, if I bought your lunch in the sixth grade, you were my girlfriend then too. Ain't much changed. Uh, ask Rachel. My wife will tell you, man, I bought her one meal. Next thing you know, we're planning a wedding. Uh, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a needy brother. And, uh, and so sixth grade, I, 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 uh, I like to play the odds as a, as a, Sixth grader looking for love and love in sixth grade. How many, how many remember looking for love in sixth grade? All right. Uh, I was looking for love in sixth grade. I like to play the odds. So I would write 10 love notes, 10 love notes. And it was like, do you like me? Yes or no? Circle one. And I wrote maybe on the bottom, you know. And so, and I would pass out 10 knowing somebody's going to say yes. And, and I remember Buffy said yes to me. Buffy, they, I don't know what the heck they were thinking in the, in the 70s naming a kid Buffy, but they named a kid Buffy, and uh, she circled yes. And in sixth grade, she was my sixth grade girlfriend, which means absolutely nothing because we didn't go anywhere, do anything. We just uh, listened to each other breathe on the phone. And um, <laughs> that's it. That's a, my girlfriend. I love you. <sighs> you know. Uh, Anyway, I broke up with Buffy over the phone, and Buffy started crying. She was crying on the phone, and, and then all of a sudden, her 19, 20-year-old brother got on the phone, and he's like, you made my sister cry. I'm on my way to your apartments. I'm going to beat you up, and, and that was a nice way of saying what he said. But he said, I'm going to beat you up, and uh, me, we lived in this apartment, Sunridge Apartments, and um, it's a two-bedroom apartment. My, there's a five of us living in there. Me and my brother shared a room. It was probably the size of where he's at right now. A little bit. They shouldn't even have called it a room. Should have called it a closet. But my parents managed to fit bunk beds in there, and it was wall-to-wall -wall bed. And um, we got in there. And anyway, I'm outside playing, and around the pool comes Buffy's brother. And he's he's 19, 20 years old. I'm a sixth grader, so I'm about 12 maybe uh, 13, and uh, I run, boy. I run upstairs. I remember, man, I remember I run upstairs, and I go in, Dad, Dad, Buffy's brother is here. He's going to fight me. And my dad, he says, show who, which one? And so uh, I looked out the blinds covertly, you know, just like that. Looked out the blinds. I said, it's that guy right there. And uh, my dad says, stay here, go to your room. Stay here. So... Uh, went to my room and heard the commotion from my room, heard yelling, shouting, elevated voices, and it was silent, and it opens the door, there's my dad with his chest puffed out, my dad was 30, he was 30 at the time, so you know how I'm Mexican at 30, man, we can whoop anybody, and so my dad walks in, chest out, you know, you know, I was like, he is Superman, you know, and uh, 
I was like, I've never seen Superman and my dad in the same room. Coincidence? <laughs> you know, so uh, anyway, so I was like, man, it says, dad's like, don't worry about him. Never, you don't, don't worry about him again anymore. And from that day forward, man, I never saw Buffy's brother. He may be still in the pool. I don't know. But I never saw Buffy's brother ever, ever again. And it taught me this. It taught me that I could run to my dad and my dad would defend me. And my dad, he went out and defended me, not because I was right, not because I did anything uh, in particular, in particularly special. He, he did not because I was right. He fought for me because I was his. He fought because I was his. And I just want to say that in this series of Revive, I believe that God is going to revive families in this room today. Because I believe we are going to start fighting for our houses. And whatever your house is comprised of, whether you're single, you're married with kids and you're, you stayed married, you're divorced and remarried, you're divorced and you're raising kids by yourself, or you've never been married and you're raising kids by yourself, whatever your house looks like, revival's happening for you today. Somebody say, revival is happening at my house today. I ain't saying like this. I ain't waiting on tomorrow. It's happening today. Stand with me and turn to Nehemiah chapter number four. It's customary to stand as we read here today. And thank you. Nehemiah chapter number four. It's the very same text that we opened up the series with. The text where uh, the Sam Ballot and Tobiah were clowning and making fun of Nehemiah. Verse number 13 is where we're going to start off at. If you have your phone, your iPad, your Bible, or you want to look on the screen, it says in Nehemiah 4.13, Therefore, I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set people according to their families. Somebody say families. With their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, watch this. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight. Here it is. Fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your houses. Jump down to verse number 20. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God, somebody say this with me, say our God, our God. will fight, we'll fight. For, us. for us. Come on, say it out loud. Say our God, our God. will fight, fight. For, us. for us. Dear Heavenly Father, your word is blessed. I speak revival over every house, revival over every family. We thank you, Father, for your word. Cause us now, cause your word to spark a fight from within us, to spark something on the inside. That gives us the courage to look at the adversities that we face and fight. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seats where you are. The text tells us, verse number, number 14, says, fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, fight for your house. Verse 20 says, God will fight for you. That tells me this. If we begin to fight for our home, God will begin to fight for us. Our, our values, our morals, our marriages, our homes, our children, they are under attack. They are under assault by the kingdom of darkness. But I believe there's a remnant of people in this room that say, I am going to stand and fight for my house. I'm going to stand and fight against every enemy, every demon, every, every devil that has been assigned to my home. I am going to fight. Nehemiah made sure. He made sure that the families stayed together, 
that the families were strengthened together because he understood that the family is vital to kingdom. The family is vital to God. So I want to put two baseline thoughts in your mind, and then we're going to jump into this thing with both feet. Number one, if you want revival in your home, you got to be committed to God. You must be committed to God. And number two, if you want revival in your home, you must be committed to your family. You must be committed to your family. See, we have the devil who's roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking who, who, who he may devour. The, 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 the enemy, our adversary, our opponent, he is a master at divide and conquer. He can divide and conquer. He's called to divide and conquer. His mission is to divide and conquer. He, he, he can divide cities. Uh, it's, it's not new to anybody that uh, our city that we live in and virtually every city in America is divided by races and cultures. There's that side of town and that side of town and that side of town. And, and, and the enemy has a way of causing division to happen within our cities. He also has a way of causing division to happen in our homes. He, he can, he can you can live under the same roof and still be divided from your family. You can live under the same house, eat the same food, get out of the same refrigerator, you know, stay at, pull out of the same garage, but pass each other and not even say words to each other. Be in a marriage and be in a relationship where the conversation is so dull that the paint on the walls look at y'all and call y'all boring. Because, mm -hmm, because the enemy is a master at dividing and conquering. But the scripture tells us that as long as I'm fighting for my family, God is fighting for me. God is fighting for us. Nehemiah kept building. He built in spite of adversity. He built in spite of critics. He built in spite of people saying that he couldn't do it. And he did it on the backs of families. And the walls that Nehemiah built way back when are still the walls that millions of people travel to Jerusalem and see. The walls that he put the sweat and the families and the blood and the defense, the walls that he rebuilt back then are still standing today. That tells me this, that any family that's in this room right now, when you have the right tools and you put the right work in, your family will be standing thousands of years from today. Your family, I'm going to say it again, your family is worth fighting for. Your family has a lot of potential. Your family has a lot of uh, destiny behind it. But we got to know, since we realize, I think we can all agree that families are worth fighting for, that homes are worth fighting for, we must establish who are we fighting? Who am I fighting? Who am I fighting when, I, when I'm fighting for my family, Pastor Manny? Who, do I, who am I fighting? I'm going to tell you who you fight. You fight whoever is launching, waging an assault on your home. Mm -hmm. Because every home in this house has a different assault being waged on it. There are some homes in the, in the house that your fight, that you need to fight first, is depression is trying to make a home out of your house. Mm -hmm. you, there's some people in the room that you have to fight. Pride is trying to make a home out of your house. That rebellion is trying to make a home out of your house. And you, gotta, you, you have to know that you're fighting an enemy, and your enemy might not be the same as your neighbor's enemy, but I think it's safe to say we all fighting a devil somewhere in our life. Everyone in this room is fighting for something, and you know what you're fighting by the, the thing that keeps you up at night. Mm -hmm. What keeps you up at night? Are you fighting poverty because all you think all you worrying about is money? Are you fighting? Are you fighting rage because you you know you're mad and you just think about man I shouldn't have said that to them I shouldn't have put the hole in the wall right there you know I shouldn't have ran over the dog and kicked the kid whatever it is are you fighting anger and rage are you fighting lust or adultery whatever it is that keeps you up at night 
that makes you wonder and worry about yourself and worry about your family, that is where you start first. You start. Sometimes, you know, we talk about always uh, uh, launching an assault on the enemy. But sometimes you got to play defense against the enemy. Sometimes you got to sit back and say, I've, I, I've been attacked by hatred, by anger, by bitterness, by resentment, by, by frustration. I'm being attacked by this. So I ain't got time to be trying to get my money right whenever rage is what's really bothering me. And I got to deal with rage. So, so, so the thing that you're fighting, you first got to identify who it is. And if you're fighting rebellion, I talk to people all the time. Pastor Manny, this is little Johnny. Little Johnny. Anybody got a kid named Johnny in here? All right. We're going to talk about little Johnny. Little Johnny, he skipped school. He smokes weed. He uh, puts his hands on me. He tells me to shut up. He makes me clean his room. He makes me do all him. Little Johnny, he doesn't do nothing. Little Johnny is rebellious. We sit back and, hey, little Johnny, welcome to my pastor man's office. You're not in trouble. Uh, I'm really not your disciplinarian, but uh, your mama must think I am. And uh, so here you are, little Johnny. We, you know you're struggling with spirit of rebellion, bro. We've got to break the spirit of rebellion off your life. And we begin to talk a little bit. And I said, little Johnny, tell me why you're acting like that. Because my mom. Because my dad. I asked little Johnny, little Johnny, it's a true, kind of true story. Little Johnny, what do you mean because your mom and dad? Because my dad smokes weed, so I smoke weed. My dad hits on my mom, so I hit on my mom. Little Johnny, you stay here. Mom and dad, y'all struggling with rebellion. And, 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 and he's just dealing with what y'all putting him to deal with. He's dealing with the demon that y'all opened up and allowed and welcomed into this house. Little Johnny, little Johnny, uh, uh, I'm addicted to pornography. Why are you addicted to pornography, little Johnny? Because daddy's got these magazines under the sink. And I saw them. And I like sawing them. And when you leave, when I leave Pastor Manny, I'm going to go saw them again. Little Johnny, you're struggling with lust. Mom, Dad, do you know that little Johnny is struggling with lust because he found Dad's magazines under the sink? Little Johnny, he, he don't want to go to school. Why don't you want to go to school? I want to stay home and be with Dad. Do you know that your kid don't go to school because you're too lazy to go to work? I'm sorry, I don't want to get on you like that. And little Johnny is just manifesting the spirit that mama and daddy don't welcome him in. Little, little Johnny don't have no respect for his, anybody in authority because mama lets daddy know, you ain't no man. You ain't no man. My ex-husband was better than you. All that. And now little Johnny, he's telling every teacher off. It's time for us to make a decision that hell is not going to raise our kids. That Hollywood is not going to raise our kids. That the dope man ain't going to raise our kids. That the, the prison system and the jail system ain't going to raise our kids. But it's time for us to say, I'm ready to fight for my family, fight for my home, and fight for my children. I believe there's people in this room today, we're going to learn and how to, uh, on what to fight for and how to fight for it. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. Amen. I might seem old school to you, but I plead the blood over my kids when they leave the house. Amen. I plead the blood. My daughter went on a little trip this last week, and before she left that trip, put my hand on her head. I plead the blood of Jesus over your life. Let no harm come against you. I pray for the guy who's driving this bus, God, if he don't know you, at least get him there safely and back and then deal with him, but take care of my baby. Don't take him to see you while my daughter's in the vehicle. I plead the blood because families 
are worth fighting for. And this is a season in our life and a season in our culture and society where Christians, believers, we cannot be passive any longer. But we have got to be aggressive and say, I am going to fight for some stuff. Anybody got, do I got any fighters in the building? Yeah, yeah, I'm on. Let me talk to you for a minute. Number one, if you're taking notes, fight for your home. Fight for your home. You are building your house daily. Every single day, you are building your house. You're building your house with your words. You're building your house with your actions. And you're building your house with your faith. Here's the thing. If you don't like the building that you're in, check the builder. Because you've got to live in what you build. If your house is filled with anger, you might want to check the materials that you use when you built a house. If your house is filled with rebellion, lust, rage, if, if, if there's holes all in the walls, you might want to check on what are the nails that are holding the house together. The, you, we have to come to an understanding that I am the builder of my own home. And the Bible says that one that in, the, in, the, in the text that he who has an ear, let him hear. Whoever, I liken a man who, who builds his house on the rock and another man builds his house on the sand. When the storms came, the man who built his house on the rock was still standing. You have got to understand that you are building your house with the anticipation that storms are going to come to your house, but you must build your house in preparation for the inevitable storms. And if your house can't stand the test of the storm, then we have got to go back to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need help on building this house. What we talked about last week, though, what was Jesus? He was the son of a carpenter. And if Jesus is the son of a carpenter, he can remodel your house as long as you come to Jesus. I love the fact that Jesus can remodel my home in spite of what my, I, I messed up my house. I did wrong. I said negative words. But I can run to Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't, I'm in over my head. I've started something I can't finish. I need you. To fix my house. And he will. He's not afraid to get down and get dirty with you. And begin to fix your house. Here's the thing. You, we have to. We must. In our homes. In order to uh, fight for our home. We must welcome the presence of God into our house. Man. We got to bring back the presence of God into our house. We can't come to church and believe God for protection, believe God for provision, believe God for prosperity, believe God for promotion, but neglect allowing God and his presence in our home. Mm-hmm. You just got to get there. You got to get there. I, I, how far be it from me to come to you in your, come to you, God, with, with my hands out before I have my hands up. I need, before I can, before I ask you for anything, before I ask you for, for prosperity, promotion, protection, provision, let me give you some praise. Let me welcome your presence into my home. Too many times we don't get the blessings and favor of God in our house is because we've never allowed God in our house in the first place. What do you mean, Pastor Manny? I've never allowed. You know what, how you get God in your house is you begin to worship God. You, you, you want God into your house, you begin to worship him. You begin to tell him how good he is, how faithful he is, how amazing he is. And all of a sudden, you feel something come on into your house that gives you a sense of peace. That ain't you feeling good. That ain't you feeling goosebumps. That's God wrapping his arms around you. The presence of God filling every square inch of your house. And when God fills your house, demons got to go. Depression's got to go. Rebellion's got to go. God, if I, just, if I just welcome your presence, see that? That's why, let me, oh, and you know what? It's not only that, is I can come into this house and I can experience the presence of God. I can feel the presence of God. And we love that you get saved. We love that you get goose pimples on top of goose pimples on top of goose pimples. And you just walk out feeling like a big old goose pimple. But you, we got a 10 o'clock service, 1130 service, a 130 service, and a 6 o'clock service. And at 8 o'clock, I'm locking the doors. 
and you got to go to your house. You need the same presence that you feel here over there. In fact, I believe that it's more important for you to feel his presence at your house than it is to feel it here. All I come to do is teach you something. You need to live in the presence of God at your house. All we do is come in and lift up the voices of God and worship God and create an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of, uh, of, of, of God's presence and spirit here. Man, we want you to get ready. The, the worship prepares your heart for the word. The word goes into your heart like a seed and it blooms at your house. And so we want you to experience the presence of God here. Yes, we fast, we pray, we want you to feel God's presence, but we want you to feel it at your house. Because having presence at your house is important. Because when you have the presence at your house, that gives you something worth fighting for. I'll fight for the presence of my house, and I will not let anything take precedent or priority over the presence of God. Y'all were, I saw all of my heads nodding until I said that. Nothing can take the place of the presence of God. Nothing. I make church a priority in my family. I make church a priority, man. My babies, the daddy, I don't want to go to church today. I don't care if you want to go to church today. You're living in my house, eating my food. You go to church today. Man, you, you, dad, I don't feel like oh, I'm tired. I'm tired too, baby. We're still going to church. All you do is, <laughs> I'm tired too, and we're going to church. Why? Because we are Christians. We are a church-going family. Nothing takes priority over the house of God. I value church. I, I, church people go to church, and I believe that church is a high-priority time where we can come together as a family and lift up the voice of God together. God says, forsake not the assemblings of yourself. His, his word is for us to come together. He says, come, he said, where two or three are gathered in his name, I am in the midst. He said, just come to church and just and do this, and I want, I, I'm creating a lifestyle an expectation on my kids and I'll drag them man they don't want to come y'all see them up in the front row and y'all think they really want to be there every single service three services a Sunday sitting in the front row they don't want to be there just like your kid you had to make wake them up I don't want to go to church we're going to church Pastor, they said Pastor man you shouldn't make your kids go to church bull crap <laughs> if you make your kids go to church if you make your kid go to church, then when they get 18, they're going to leave, they're going to go party, they're going to go get all wild and out because you just held them in church for so long. Yep, I'm going to drag them behind the church every single Sunday, and if at 18 they go out and hit the clubs and hit the streets and, and they do their life and go out there and sow their oats, guess what? They're going to still know how to get to the church. They're going to still know where the church is at because as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And if you don't want to come, it don't matter if you want want to come I am I am going to mark your you stick your heels in the ground and let me drag you to church that way you made a path that no matter how far you get from God you got a path to follow to get back to the house of God and I came to tell somebody in the building it's time for us to fight for our house fight for the presence of God in our house value the presence of God in our house establish that we are family and we are a family of God we've got to fight for our house number two if you're taking notes fight for your marriage fight for your marriage stop fighting in your marriage stop fighting against your spouse and fight for it I've made up my mind that if there is not a blessing, a purpose after this fight, then we ain't going to fight. Because here's what happens. When we fight about money, I look at my wife and say, you're the enemy because we're fighting about money. And so her and I fight about money. But when you change your mind and say, I'm not going to fight against you about money. I'm going to fight with you to prevent poverty. Now we're fighting together. 
I'm not going to fight against you about how we're, uh, we're raising our kids. I'm not going to fight against you on how to raise the kids. What we're fighting against is our kids going to prison. Is our kids uh, living a crazy life. So I'm not fighting you on how to, I'm fighting you for their destiny. I'm fighting with you for their destiny. And once you make up in your mind, I ain't fighting against you, but I'm fighting with you. And this is what we're fighting for. Then every fight matters. Every fight is productive because now we're fighting together. The Bible says one can set a thousand angels to flight, but two can set 10,000 angels to flight. In fact, we're better together when we fight together. And so I'll link arm in arm with you, baby, and we are going to fight. And I just want to remind somebody, we all stood in front of a judge or a priest or a pastor and said, for better or for worse, for sickness and in health, for rich or for poor, till death do us part, I got to fight for you. Out of the 7 billion people on this planet, you pick me and I pick you and we're going to make this thing work. We're going to make it work. So we got to fight for our marriage. And you know what the enemy says? I'm going to get into your marriage. I'm going to cause division into your home. I'm going to bring division and I'm going to use work to divide you. I'm going to use that old skank. I'm going to use that guy who, he's all that and a bag of chips. Still say that, I think. I'm going to put that wedge right there between you and try to cause division. Never let anybody come between you and your spouse. Anybody. It could be someone of the opposite sex. Or it could be your mama. Come on. All, hey, all the men just look up here. Just, I don't know who he's talking about. I love your mama. No. Never let anybody come in between you and your spouse. Because your marriage is worth fighting for. Because your family, your family is valuable to God. But your family is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Right. Your, the devil is afraid of what your family is going to be. The devil is afraid of the potential that's in your last name. And so he said, I will try to break that thing before you get to that blessing, before you get to that miracle, before you can dance in your promise, I am going to try to divide you. Pastor Manny, we're just going to take some time apart. I'm getting a little apartment. She's going to stay at the house with the kids. Well, isn't that convenient? Boy, y'all get serious quick, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Don't leave the house, man. Don't leave the house. Here's what happens. My wife, and pray for Rachel. She's actually at home. She's, she's not feeling good at all. She's been sick for two days. But uh, Monica, you're going to be my pretend wife. You're my cousin, so come up here. This is Monica, my cousin. Don't get nothing crazy. All right, Monica, my cousin, pretend wife. Here's what happens. It's a great, great example. Me and my wife, we have a, a fight. And I criticize her looks. I criticize the house. I criticize her parenting skills. She criticizes me because I don't make enough money, because I'm fat, because uh, whatever. And I look at her and say, I'm sick of you. I'm tired of you. All my words, all my words are hitting her ears and hitting her heart. Yeah. But guess who else is hearing that? Satan and his demons and his spirits. And so whenever I tell her she's fat and she feels fat, all of a sudden, guess what? Insecurity. Boom. Spirit of insecurity. Spirit of depression. Spirit of rejection, spirit of abandonment, all these spirits I've just put on her. And guess what? I'm leaving. You deal with them spirits. We welcome spirits. Men, we welcome spirits in the house. 
and then we get mad and we throw our tantrum and we leave. And who do we leave to deal with them spirits that we welcomed in the house? There you are valuable in your home, man. You are needed in your home. You are called to be the man. You're the call to be the protector, the protector, the defender of your home. But you leave a woman and your kids there to clean up your mess with them devils that you woke in, you welcomed in the house. <laughs> well, now watch this. this is, we take it a step further. We take it a step further. We take it a step further. I'm gonna get my own apartment. You take care of yourself. I, I respect and I admire single moms who can live in a house and take care of the house. Let's give all the single mothers a big hand clap. Because it's hard to raise a family when there's two adults in the house. Two incomes in the house. But when men, when we go to my mama's house, she still makes my bed. She still has my room and all my monitos there in the corner. I'm going to go to mommy's house and play with my doll. And we go to mama's house and we leave her to deal with the bills, to deal with the kids, go to the school conferences, the go school meetings. We're going to teach them a lesson. What's more valuable, the lesson or the kids and the wife? Fight for your family. Fight for your marriage. Matthew 19, this is, I want to finish this. Matthew 19, 5 says this. For this reason, man shall leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and the two of them shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together let no one separate. Let nobody come between you and your marriage. Zero. It is off limits. You think I'm cute? Good. So does my wife. You think I, you think I make good money? Good. My kids need it. And they don't need it taken out of my check. They need it. Fight for your home, fight for your marriage. Number three, fight for your kids. Fight for your kids. Carol, what are you doing here? I told everybody you were sick. She had to come. I'm glad you're here, baby. Fight for your kids. Here's the thing. Let your kids know that you believe in them. You believe in them enough to get dirty. You believe in them enough to, you know what, I got your back. You messed up, I still believe in you. You come home high, I still believe in you. You come home drunk, I still believe in you. you, you know, here's the thing, uh, your kids from zero to 10 will probably do everything you tell them to do, but from 10 on, they're gonna do what you showed them to do. You put your fist through drywall, let them, they'll do it too. You manipulate your husband, your little baby boy's gonna manipulate you too, Ma. Mm -hmm. Where are we leading our kids? The scriptures, two, two texts in the Bible where a lady, a lady brings her daughter to Jesus and says that my daughter is possessed with the devil. Another text where a man takes his son to Jesus and says my son is possessed with the devil. You have got to know where you can take your kids. You must, we must make it a mandate and a priority that when we got problems, we're taking it to Jesus. We've got problems, we're taking it to the house of God. We got problems, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might come home high, you might come home drunk, I might not know where you are, but when you're gone, I'm getting my hand and laying it on your pillow and saying, when you lay your head on this pillow, you're gonna touch the hand of God. God, keep them, bless them in their sleep, protect them where they are, remind them that they are a man of purpose and a woman of destiny. God, I put my hand on their pillow, and when their head hits with my, I anoint their pillow. 
pillow with oil. And I, go get you some oil. Go to Mardell or go to United. I don't care what kind of oil you get, but put some oil on their pillow and say, my child is anointed by God with a purpose and a destiny and no weapon formed against them shall be able to prosper. And when they... And when the teacher calls and said, your kid is finished, your kid is over, they can't come back to school, or you have to go bail them out of jail, when you bail them out of jail, just say, hello, man of God, welcome back home. You're welcome here. You're called here. You're a person of destiny. When your baby girl comes home pregnant, just look at him and say, you are going to be a woman who leads that child in the, in the footsteps of God, and you might have messed up once, but your child is a blessing, and we are going to work together to cause you to fulfill your purpose and your baby to fulfill their purpose you have a call it's all about fighting for our children every 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 woman in this room that has children if I was to tell you that um, somebody's gonna spank your kid that you don't know <laughs> I didn't see your face I mean two of y'all pulled out pics <laughs> You will fight somebody for looking at your kid crazy. You will fight somebody for this, uh, treating your kid wrongly at school. You show up at the school and they got security watching you. You, you, you go and if somebody breaks, hurts baby girl, you'll go out there, or especially baby boy, you'll go up there and you will fight, fight, fight. What if I told you them spirits are waging harder assault on your kid? than any human could ever, would you fight? Listen, Dad, Mom, would you fight a spirit like you say you would fight a person? Would you fast to get a spirit off of your child? Would you pray to get a spirit off of your child? Will you go and look at your son when he's drunk and high and still say, I believe in you. You are called by God and you have a purpose. And those kids are looking at you thinking you're stupid and you're crazy, but their spirit that's hearing you is saying, thank you for speaking life into me. Your spirit is saying, when you begin to speak life into your children, their spirit sucks every ounce of word out of you and they say, I want to hear every Everything God says about me. Their ears might be looking at you saying, you're irrelevant, you're old school, you don't make sense, but their spirit is what we're fighting for. This is not a physical fight when it comes to our kids. This is a spiritual fight. And when you want to win a spiritual fight, you got to get into spiritual mode and you begin to let your spirit talk to their spirit. You welcome the spirit of God and all of a sudden you begin to talk to that spirit and say spirit of depression, spirit of rebellion. You will no longer have hold on my child ever again. Spirit of witchcraft, you've got to go. Every word curse has been spoken over you I break it in the name of Jesus and I come against you by the blood of the lamb that you will not control my son my daughter ever again and I'll fight I'll pray I'll fast I'll stay on my knees and I'll believe God for a breakthrough Amen. because our kids are worth fighting for our homes are worth fighting for our marriages are worth fighting for our kids are worth fighting for and last one but not least oh wait I've got to put that scripture up there Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. You do what you are called to do, and God will take care of the rest. When they are old, they will not depart from it. <laughs> Your kid's coming home, and it might be when they're 15, it might be 30, it might be 40. It might be 50. You may not see them come home, but the word of God is true that even if it's on their deathbed, they will come back to the house of God. Do not give up on your children. And last one, fight for your future generations. Oh, my God. We're running out of time. Fight for your future generations. What's that mean? That means the generational curse stops today. The generational curse, the alcoholism stops today. The pornography addiction stops today. I ain't got that, Pastor Manny. The pride stops today. 
The self-righteousness stops today. The arrogance stops today. This generational curse that my, grand, my father dealt with, my grandfather dealt with, and my great-grandfather dealt with, it stops today. But I came to give you some good news that wherever the generational curse stops, the generational blessing begins in your life. And I believe there's people in this room that you're ready to leave the generational curses behind. Mama couldn't keep a man. Daddy couldn't keep a woman. They keep on losing their family. They lose their job. la da 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 Well, this stops right here. It's time for a generational blessing. Throw Deuteronomy 7.9 up there. Deuteronomy 7.9, it says, He is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand. Everybody say a thousand. To a thousand generations of those who keep their commandments. I came to tell you one more time that you have a generational blessing on the inside of you. And God said, I'm going to keep that covenant with you for a thousand generations after you. What's that mean? That means everybody with the last name De Los Santos is going to walk with the covenant of God on their life. Everyone with the last name of Rodriguez is going to walk with the covenant of God on their life. Everybody with the last name of Coronado is going to walk with the covenant of God on their life. Everyone with the last name of Hernandez is going to walk with the covenant of God on their life. Everyone with the last name Figueroa is going to walk with the covenant of God on their life. Everyone with the last name of Fuentes is going to walk with the covenant of God on their life. I came to tell every family in this room that God is going to cause your generation to walk with a covenant with him where he provides for them. He protects them. Why? Because it's your faith that says, I am going to cause a generational blessing for thousands of years. Hey, what? why dare you to say your last name one time? Say your last name one time. Say your last name one time. There is a blessing on your last name that is going to go for thousands of generations. So when people see the walker, they're going to say that is a family of God. When people see the Calderon, that is a family of God. When people see your last name, the Sanchez, the Pinas, the Gaunas, God, that's a family of God there because we serve a God that says, I'll bless your generation, a thousand generations to come. You are a difference maker in this building. You are a difference maker. And it's all because of your faith. And it happens when we say, I'll do what I got to do within me. So the miracles and the blessings, the generations can be blessed for them. I'll do whatever he says to do. So a thousand generations of De Los Santos can be blessed. If I got to change my heart, change my heart. If I got to forgive my past, forgive my past. If I got to fight for my relationship, I'll fight for my relationship. If I got to walk away, I'll walk away. Because it's worth fighting for. Put that last verse up there, the very last one. Nehemiah 4.20, I'm sorry. Nehemiah 4.20. Oh, man. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Get into your house. There's a sound in your house that will draw everyone together. You remember Little House on the Prairie? They get that little thing and they... Dinner time. Come and eat. And everybody would come out of the fields because of the sound. There's a sound in you that will draw your family to you. That sound is a sound of praise and worship. When you begin to create an atmosphere and a sound of praise and worship at your house, your family is drawn in. And when your family is drawn in and unity is at your house, our God will fight for us. All I got to do is worship and make noise unto God. Bring my family close and we worship. And God is standing right here 
fighting for us. While our heads are bowed and our hands are up, God is fighting off depression. God is fighting off cancer. God is fighting off divorce. God is fighting it all. While we make a sound in unity, God is fighting. Do I have anybody in the building that's willing to make a sound in your house? I got a challenge for you. It's a 14-day challenge. Start somewhere. I don't want to give you this big picture without giving you little bites. Pray for each other daily. You can get your phones out. That's cool. Take a picture. Pray for each other daily. Speak positive and life words into each other. You're special. You look nice. Your hair's pretty today. You you look good. You, You got good goals. Man, I'm proud of you. And then talk for 20 minutes. As a family, what's that last thing under there? Device free. Leave the phone in the bathroom. Go to the kitchen. Go to the living room. Turn off the TV and talk. How was your day today? What'd you like about your day today? What do you have planned tomorrow? 14 days. You do it? Let's try it. 14-day challenge. We're going to pray together. We're going to speak life into each other. And we're going to spend quality time talking to each other. Because the devil wants to create division. But God says, rally together. Make a sound. And I'll fight for you. Pastor Manny, I'm single. Worship in your house. Worship in your house. Quit trying to fill slots and vacancies and just bring in the Spirit of God. Connect to God. Find wholesome friends. Stay pure. Stay committed. Stay holy. And God will fight for you too. Let's all stand together. Dear Heavenly Father, you're in this place right now. And I just believe that there is healing for marriages. I believe there's healing for relationships with our children. I believe that there is hope for future generations coming. I believe there's people in here that say, I'm going to fight for my house. I'm going to evict every evil spirit that's been assigned. I'm fighting. I'm fighting for my home. If that's you, we already passed 1 o'clock, but I want you to lift up your hands. Come on, I want you to worship.